It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. I'm Dave Lott. Joining me for this is Bobby Jackson. How's it going, Bobby? It's going good. It feels like it's been a while since we've done a show. Even though I know it was, what, our last show was when we did Guardians of the Galaxy review, which was right. maybe two weeks ago, I guess, at this point. Yeah. But it feels longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> For I th- some reason. I think I know what you mean. It does. It hasn't been that long, but it's been a little bit. But anyway, hey, we're here. We're gonna yeah, we are here. <laughs> we're going to talk um, some stuff real quick before we get into things. Uh, for everyone listening and or watching, uh, we are streaming this podcast live, this record session on Twitch. Uh, if you haven't found us on Twitch before, we are on Twitch at Flickr underscore effect. So check us out there. Also, this podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts, basically. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Again, basically wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for flicker effect but yeah make sure you find us on twitch if you're not joining us live right now we'd love to have you over there for our next uh live stream of a record session and uh join us over there for the conversation uh with that let's get into it yeah um you know one thing i actually wanted to talk about with you is that there was a few weeks ago you had mentioned how you had started in on some Star Wars stuff that it yes. took me by surprise because it was one of those things where we had talked about it before and, and you kind of had was like, oh, yeah, you know, eventually you would get around to certain things. But in question, I'm talking about you said you had started Rebels uh, and we know that that is going to be heavily involved with uh, Ahsoka when that comes out on Disney Plus. Right. And you had been reading the Thrawn novels, the new ones by Timothy Zahn, which is a character that will be prominent in Ahsoka as well. So just wanted to get a little catch up update with you and see where you are with those. Uh, I'm I'm still like right at the end of that first new Thrawn novel, just called Thrawn. Um, Mm. So I haven't quite finished it yet. It's funny. I mean, I was just chugging like along through that book pretty fast. Yeah, you and were. then just life gets in the way. I mean, really, I mm. I will say I'm thoroughly enjoying that book. Um, and I have thoughts based on rumblings I've been hearing, and this article mm. I think that came out of what Empire Magazine, um, mm-hmm. that makes me immediately go, "Am I going to regret reading this book?" <laughs> um, <laughs> like. Um, yeah, and I'll, but I'll get to that in a second because I do want to talk about that brief, at least briefly. But I really am enjoying the book quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to finishing it and jumping into the next one. And then uh, what? It's a trilogy of books, right? I'm gonna. I plan on reading mm-hmm. all three of them. Um, I thought about like, hey, do I want to jump back and read Heir to the Empire, which I owned. I was gonna say own a copy, but I, it's probably long gone. I owned a copy mm. of Heir to the Empire that I honestly just never read. I don't know when I ever picked it up a long ass time ago. Um, and there was a part of me that's like, should I read that? Like just, you had never read it or no, you just I'm saying I never, been a long time. I never read it. Like I picked it up at some point eons ago and I never read it. Mm. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to read that or not before Ahsoka. Probably not to be honest. 
I'm now that I've started this new trilogy of Thrawn books, I'm probably just going to see that through. And by the time I finish that and finish watching Rebels before Ahsoka, I mean, Ahsoka will be here before we know it. So, yeah, not to say I can't read it after Ahsoka, but you know what I mean? I was, the idea of mm. like, should I read it before Ahsoka or not? Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the book. I have thoughts. You have thoughts. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. And I was just going to say when it comes to Rebels, yeah, I... I had tried to start Rebels a couple times, and I, I make that sound like it was difficult for me, like I didn't mm. enjoy it. That's totally not true. I did enjoy it, but I guess I never like felt a drive to keep going because based on the first like handful of episodes, it was like, okay, this is fine and all, but it feels like uh, what I would almost expect from this kind of animated show on the Disney Channel, Yeah, if I can put it that way. But then, yeah, as the season like progresses and even gets toward the end of the season, it gets a lot better. And then mm-hmm. I started the second season already. Just, I mean, I think I watched like the first episode of the second season, and right off the bat, it still feels like it's it's keeping up with what they had kind of finished with in that first season. So it has me excited to keep going with it. I mean, everything I hear about Rebels is just how great it is, and I know Ahsoka is going to sounds like it's basically going to feel like another like season of rebels <laughs> instead of a circus right. show, you know? So yeah, I, I'm enjoying rebels as well. Yeah. I, you're right. It, it does. That show does increase in how much good it gets in terms of just the story and how you start to feel for the characters. It really builds upon itself. Whereas I think with clone wars, while I did enjoy clone wars, that one is more it jumps around a lot in different places and different battles and and stuff that's going on so it doesn't feel quite as like built upon each episode each season as uh as rebels does so i think that's one reason why a lot of people tend to like rebels a little bit more is just because of the storytelling aspect and how it builds upon itself right but yeah it, it definitely will get even better and as far as Thrawn is concerned, and those those quotes that we had from uh, Dave Filoni, and he says that in his quotes, and I'm not going to quote it specifically because I can't remember exactly, but basically Thrawn will be the big bad guy of um, the New Republic of that time in, in space. Mm-hmm. I... <clears throat> if. It, it seems like that fits into what he was doing with Rebels. Now, where I kind of am, am wondering is sometimes they'll say things to throw you off the scent. And so it could be like he's saying he's the big bad, but he might not be. And then that kind of would make me think, okay, with Ron in the new novels of Timothy Zahn, he's... He's not a bad guy. He just does bad guy things, I guess, at times. But he does it because he is all about the chiss, his his race, and he's about preserving them. And so he will do what he needs to do in order, sort of like um, if I had to compare him to someone, now that I think about it, this literally just came to mind. But if you think about it, he's kind of like Joel. And from The Last of Us and the way he feels about Ellie. It's like he, he, that's his mission. And uh, he will do anything he has to do to complete that mission and make sure 
in the in in uh, the Last of Us, make sure that Ellie's safe. And in this sense, he's making sure that his people are okay in whatever threats that are out there in the galaxy, and he'll do anything he needs to do to make sure that that's the outcome. Now, in the the rebels, or in in what we have of existing stuff like the rebels and what we can maybe glean from his statements, it makes it sound like he's more just a straight up kind of bad guy that's on the side of the empire. And if that's the case, and he had said that he had taken inspiration from the Thrawn novels and I believe we mentioned there, the empire series, then I would almost say that it, it would be like he would, do something similar to what he's done so far with certain things and cherry picking through legends uh, material to, to build something different and new for what he's doing in live action or in some of the old cases with uh, animation. So I would almost suggest reading the first, well, you've already almost finished the first Thrawn novel. So I feel like that's a nice base of the current version in the books of what, Thrawn is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but then you could easily go and maybe not read the Heir to the Empire, but if you wanted to um, listen to the audio version of the Heir to the Empire books, there's three of them, in that time, then maybe that would be a good way to like consume the, the older stuff while having at least had a taste of the newer version of what okay. they did with Thrawn. Yeah, that's that's a thought. I could see doing that, listening to them, and you know, since I could definitely probably consume them more quickly if I do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I really did mean to go and read that full article from Empire because I keep hearing snippets from other like YouTube shows and podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff about it. And I mean, one thing I listened to made it sound like he straight up said that he is pure evil. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the little bit of looking. I couldn't find a quote where he specifically said that. Like it was more just that he said he would be the big bad of the new republic. Yeah. Um, and to me, just saying that he's the big bad of the new republic doesn't necessarily mean he's pure evil. So right. again, maybe he did say the pure evil thing, and I just couldn't find it. So if you're watching or listening, you know, let us know. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I just missed it. Yeah, I can't remember but, either. Because yeah if indeed he's just a totally different Thrawn than the one I'm reading in these books, <laughs> it, it's like in one sense, I'm like, it's fine. And in another sense, it's mm. just another example of something that just frustrates me about the current state of star Wars at Disney. <laughs> and, and, you know, when Disney bought Lucasfilm and took on, you know, what I would call this responsibility of stewarding Star Wars into a new era and going, okay, we're going to get rid of all this other expand, you know, expanding universe stuff and call it Legends. And now there's going to be new books and they are canon. And there's this whole group, the story group at Lucasfilm that's going to make sure everything fits and all this stuff is canon. Mm-hmm. And they do that and, you know, you get invested now. Okay, fine. I mean, it's like I can already feel for the people who all love the expanded universe. Like, I think you're one of those people. I think you read a lot of that stuff, if I remember correctly, yeah. you know, yeah. who are, you know, devoted fans to expanded universe who suddenly were like felt a gut punch of like, what? None of this matters now. And already these these books are supposed to be canon and I'm reading them going, mm. cool, this is Thrawn. I, this is a really good backstory. I'm really enjoying this. And now I'm already hearing that it's basically bullshit. <laughs> like... <laughs> like 
Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that we don't know that for sure, but it's just it makes me go, why? Why do I bother? Why am I reading this stuff? Mm. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that these stories have to fit in or I won't enjoy them, but there is a part of me that's like as good of the as the writing is, and as much of as I am enjoying the book on its own. I still am also enjoying it because it's like, oh, this is, I feel like this is enriching backstory for this character mm-hmm. I'm about to see in this television show. And now yeah. it turns out maybe that's doesn't at all fit to what Filoni's doing, which I just, again, makes me scratch my head and go, what are they doing over there? Like, mm. I don't, I don't understand. So, yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. It, it's really a confusing message that they're putting out with no level of clarification. Right. On it. And that's just kind of head scratching and, and, and a little bit maddening. And I think that's another reason why I enjoy the High Republic so much is because they are not like really uh, messing with it in the live action form yet, uh, specifically. So right. anything there that is canon, it's I, legit canon. And I don't have any reason for them, or I don't feel like they have any reason to go and mess with it because it's not involved in their current plans of live action stuff to contradict anything that's been done in those books. So I think that's another reason why I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but it does feel like they are treating the, uh, the high Republic stuff that they've done so far, which has purely been books and comics, right? Yeah. Up to this point. Well, no, I won't say. Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) <laughs> basically has been purely books and comics up to this point. As far as I know, you know, I know the acolytes mm. coming, but, um, you know, it does seem like they're treating the high Republic with a higher regard in terms of how it is canon. And I could be wrong. You know, they may start producing stuff and then just dismiss the books they wrote. I don't right. know, but I get the impression that that's not the case, but then, but why, why, why is this canon, these canon books more important than these canon books? Like, especially mm-hmm. like you go, Hey, we are writing new canon books and we know we're going to use Thrawn. Like he's, of course he's going to be a big deal at some point. Hey, Timothy's on write a new trilogy of Thrawn books and then go. Well, yeah. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> and especially if you think about, if I remember correctly, I think that first Thrawn novel, or at least the first two might have come out during the time that Rebels was out. And so I remember thinking at that time, watching one in, in animated mm. form and then reading the books, I was like, they seem kind of different. <laughs> like, right. what got him to this point <laughs> that he is that we see him in Rebels? So it's kind of like, huh, um, did something happen and that's past these books that gets him there? I don't know. And that could be because the, the books do take place before he he becomes in part of that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's curious, but. I guess we'll, we'll find out I guess so. sooner rather than later whenever it comes out. I guess but. we'll find out. Actually, so sticking while we're talking about Disney, um, this week, this past week, a lot of the studios and networks had their upfronts, which used to be a huge thing. I, I remember as a, as a young younger guy loving the upfronts and, and seeing what the networks were going to announce for shows what was being canceled and all that stuff. And and it was like something that for me is like how a lot of people these days tend to make an event out of um, 
the draft, the NFL draft or NBA <laughs> draft. Uh, that, that'd be like that for me. It was like I was sitting there waiting to see news on if my favorite show got picked up for another season and right. what other new shows were going to be announced and little previews that we could get for it and that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that Disney had their upfronts this this year and – they announced a couple things. They, well, they announced a few things, but of, of concern to us, I think, would be the Marvel stuff that they that they um, mentioned. And one was that they gave us dates for uh, Loki season two and another so- show that was going. Well, that is a spinoff of the Hawkeye series, which is Echo. Mm-hmm. So. I don't have the dates with me, but if I remember somewhat, I think that um, Echo is in November and maybe um, uh, Loki is in, I want to say, October. I think it's October. I'm I'm looking now as we revamp and talk. It looks like October 6th is when the first episode, anyway, of Loki Season 2 drops. Yeah. So then, yeah, then I'm pretty sure that... Uh, Echo is in November. So it was interesting just because as as they typically do, Loki was going to be doing its normal thing when it has its release. But alongside the news of them talking about Echo, they mentioned that uh, they're trying a, a new model and Echo will be dropped all episodes at once. Day one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, that doesn't seem like a new model. Um, maybe it's a new model for them, but it is a new model for them. I think it sure is. Uh, at least from what I know of anything that they've done for Marvel and, of uh, Star Wars, maybe they've had some other series, Disney plus series that they've dropped all at once. I don't know, but what makes it strange is that if you're trying a new model to drop everything at once, would you not do that with Loki as well? <laughs> like, what's uh, what are we what are we saying about Echo that that gets dropped all at once, but Loki will still do the week to week thing? You know, I had what that up, that screen up just now, and maybe you just said and I missed it. Like, do we know how many episodes of Echo there are? We, uh, I don't recall if they said they, they might have, but I want to say it was either like their normal six to eight episodes. I, it might be something like uh, around that. Yeah. I want to. I'm six seeing, I'm seeing here six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lake, and I, I mean, I'm seeing here as well. If I if this is correct, Loki season two will run for six weeks, starting on October six. So I guess also six episodes. I assume. Hmm. And then Echo. Disney Plus will release all six episodes of Echo on November 29th. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm so distracted. What was the last question you just asked me? <laughs> just pretty much like, uh, does that sound a little fishy? It, it sounds like, super fishy. What does it say it, about Echo? There's that- a, lot of, a lot of questions. And immediately, as soon as I read it, I mean, maybe this is completely wrong for me to just go there with this thought. But I was like... I feel like that means something's wrong with this show and they're just like, it's not yeah. worthy of a week to week release schedule. Just drop it at once and dismiss it. Yeah. You know, that's, that was the first thought I had and I have a hard time 
getting rid of that thought. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I have this feeling like, not that it's terrible or I, I would almost think they would just not release it and pull a Warner brothers yeah. and just, <laughs> just get rid of it. Um, but I, maybe it's just not up to a level of what, you know, maybe Iger is like wanting to mm. release on Disney plus as a week to week kind of thing. And is like, you know what, just drop it at once. And it's like, a, it's almost like treating it like just a lesser kind of Marvel show addition to the canon, if you will. That that's my thought because, you know, you and I, I think fall in the same boat. We are, I am a fan of a release schedule week to week. Uh, in fact, so much so that I question Netflix's sanity at this point for not releasing things like week to week. Mm. I mean, the conversation is just there among everybody with these shows. Like, you know, Last of Us, it was just such a treat watching that week after week. Right now with Succession, watching that week after week is just so yep. much fun and talking about it all week and then waiting for the next episode the, having a show just dumped all at once, it doesn't even come close to comparing to that experience. But I can yeah. see, you know, it's I'm like the I'm naming two shows that are fantastic shows. I mean, Echo is probably just not worthy of that kind of schedule, maybe? Even though I, I would still argue you should still release it week to week, but I don't know. It's like the difference between <laughs> this be to be uh, really out there for a second, it's it, to me, it's like the difference between edging and then just going all at once. <laughs> I mean, the edging is the buildup. <laughs> I did. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm coming hot with the analogies this week. <laughs> oh, man. So clearly, um, Disney Plus is saying that Echo is not worthy of uh, the buildup and excitement. <laughs> We're just going to give it to you all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Do with that as you may. <laughs> and Loki is worth edging for, apparently. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, is. I don't know. I, it's, it's terrible just because they have to use this weird language that you just easily see through because it's like, Oh, we're trying this new model, but yeah, but why for that one show? <laughs> like, why wouldn't right. you do it for Loki as well? So it, it's like, come on! Like, obviously, we know you just can't come right out and say we think this show is trash and we're just gonna <laughs> give it to you all at once. Right. But I mean, don't insult our intelligence by saying you're trying a new model when you're only doing it with the one show. So yeah, but I mean, what do you expect them to say? I mean, they're not. I know that's that, what I mean. They can't yeah. really just come out and say they can't it's just trash. Say it's but trash. But at the same time, they could have come up. With, I would have even bought the excuse that well, you know, because of uh, everything and the, and the schedules and, and how tight it is, uh, we want to make sure that. This one doesn't bleed into our next release for uh, a Disney Plus series and and have something ready to go by like January, February or something so that it would it could feasibly fit into what their logic would be for that. Like, you know, we're backed up on shows and we've got them all ready and we want to only do so much. So come up with like at least a little something Just say, you know, we're trying to time these out in a different sort of way but right yeah obviously there's not a lot that they could say that would really be um 
able to help save it. And so it really is disappointing just because while the character didn't do too much in Hawkeye, it, it was enough to at least set up the character to make me curious about her show. And knowing that the actress, I, I want to say her name is Olana. I really should know that Cox or something. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but knowing that she is hearing yeah. impaired Al- in real life, Alakwa Cox, Alakwa Cox. Okay. Yeah. If I'm saying that, that right. she's, I think so. Hearing impaired in real life, mm-hmm. it, it made for an interesting character. And so I really wanted to see more of that, but there had been for a while now reports that there was, uh, it was a troubled set and that it mm-hmm. was, not really coming together well. So that just seems to add more credence to that in the fact that they're just going to release it all at once. So that's too I don't know. I still have my fingers crossed. I hope it, it can turn out to be better than um, purported, but we'll see. And I do feel bad that Yasha's not here to join in on this because I, you know, I'm, of course, taking the point of view of someone who is super pro week to week schedule. He, I think, I don't want to speak for him, but. In the past, he said he, he actually likes shows dropped all at once. He does. And, and when we talked about this in particular, kind of off, you know, on our offline chat, he, he seemed to be a big fan of this this idea, which I I, yeah. I disagree with. But, you know, I it would have be, been interesting to hear his take on it. So wish he would have been here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit, I guess, switching gears a little bit, because uh, there was other stuff that was obviously announced at Upfronts, but nothing really spectacular or, or great. Mm-hmm. Other than I, I think that in in today's news, they mentioned that for CW that uh, there would be no more superhero shows. Uh, they didn't renew anything. Mm-hmm. The only one that they have that they have not made a decision on or two, I should say, that they haven't made a decision on yet is Gotham Knights and Lois, or Superman and Lois. They have not said whether or not those will be back. But for all intents and purposes, that's all gone away now at this point. So Mm. it's kind of crazy. It's the end of an era because there had been quite a run going on there ever since Arrow first it premiered on the CW. And even further back, I guess, technically speaking, if you just went back to Smallville and then, you know, w- went from there. So right. been quite a nice run. And now it looks like it's all coming to an end. I hadn't heard that. So, yeah, that's too bad. I mean, I'm not obviously has I haven't been up to date on superhero shows over on the CW. Yeah. I, I've watched some of uh, Superman and Lois and have enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but I yeah, I love it, that show. So. That's too bad. Ah, oh, well. What about you? Got anything that you want to talk about in the news? Uh, you know, like or, or at least around here. I mean, I guess everywhere, but here in Orlando is kind of big news uh, to some of us to hear today that Disney announced that they are closing after less than two years. I think. I think it's less than two years mm. of being open. They're closing the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, uh, like hotel experience, if you will, over at um, over at Walt Disney World, um, which isn't too shocking. At the same time, it's it's a bummer, and I'm saying that as someone who hasn't been on it or or experienced it at all. Do you know uh, anyone who has? I have. I do. Hmm. 
Um, actually, a good friend of mine uh, and his partner uh, experienced it fairly recently. And he, they both like gushed about the experience, mm. like absolutely loved it. And uh, one of them, his partner was actually also very skeptical. Like, you know, like a lot of us, mm. I mean, when the, when it was first announced, you know, to backtrack really quick, uh, you know, and for those who don't know, the Galactic Star Cruiser over at Disney World has been this kind of all-inclusive, immersive Star Wars experience. I believe it's a two-night stay, I think. Um, maybe it's three nights. I don't remember. Anyway, um, where you are staying, like, you know, on this on this starship, <laughs> and... Um, you were you were in there. There is a point where you have an excursion to Batu, which is you know Galaxy's Edge. At at this park, it's at Hollywood Studios. So you are able to you you take a shuttle over down to the planet and go to Batu for a little while. But other than that, you're in the Galactic Star Cruiser, and it's a full immersive experience. Everyone's in character, um, and uh, you know I think when it was announced, a lot of us, a lot of Star Wars fans are like, oh man, this sounds insane. Like it'll probably be crazy mm -hmm. expensive, but this sounds awesome. Like one day I've got to mm -hmm. do this. And then like we started to see like marketing for it and it was like, eh, this doesn't look like I think we were all like expecting, especially based on the concept art that we had been seeing. I think a lot of us had a certain like idea of an aesthetic in our head. And then when they started showing marketing and actual footage of the interior of the ship and what is really a hotel, but the ship, <clears throat> it wasn't looking fantastic. So my friend and his partner, I know they, they were pretty, at least he was pretty, one of them was pretty skeptical of like, okay, how's this going to be? He was also like, this doesn't look great. And they came out of it absolutely loving it. Like, mm. you know, they did the whole like, I think a lot of people do this where when they, you experience it, you like, they, they made costumes and were in, they made themselves in character the whole time. Like they weren't just like, you know, okay. world tourists. Like they, right. they, they tried to really immerse themselves and play the part as well. And I mean, he said it paid off. It was fantastic. He even talked about how like he got like, I mean, you could 3d print them yourselves or he had bought, I think on Etsy, like people sell like, uh, you know, Star Wars credits and you can use them to tip people on the ship and then could, people would get really excited about it like it's real like they're real credits wow. anyway that's just an example it sounds like if it's the kind of thing it sounds like if you do it and you really like devote yourself to like also immersing yourself in this experience for the two or three days and enjoying it like there's a lot to get out of it but you know there's also I've heard a lot of negative stuff um, that it feels very claustrophobic <laughs> Cause you're inside this building like the whole time, other than your excursion to Batu, you're, you're in this building, basically a ship. Um, and you don't really see the outdoors at all. <laughs> um, you know, you're, it's not like when you go in your room, you have a window to the outside world. I mean, it, you know, you <laughs> do, it's supposed to look like you're looking out into space, but you know, mm. um, I've heard complaints about that and other things. Um, I've interesting. Heard, but you know, after listening to my friend's glowing review of it, I had all the attention of being like, okay, this is crazy expensive, but I'll have to make this happen sometime. And I'll be, I'll be honest, Michelle and I talked about it. I was like, oh, you know, if we got Yasha and Bobby to like share a room, the four of us could split a room four ways. Like it's doable. It's still a lot of money, but it's doable. 
But, but then it was also like, even though it's doable, there was the part of me that's like, I can still look at that amount of money that I'd be spending just on myself to, if, it, if I'm able to split it with three other people, the kind of vacation I could do with that money. <laughs> like, mm. Cause it was very expensive. Um, yeah. I had the prices pulled up here. It's like, it was under two, right? A per person. Two grand. Yeah. Uh, I think or was it more than that. It depends. I mean, it depends on how many people you're able to share a room with. For one, I think that is, is a big part of it here. I have, uh, some prices. I think that should be coming up right there. Um, from Disney world's website. So basically like if you just have two guests, it sounds like the voyage total is all, just under $5,000, three guests, $5,300, four guests, $6,000. Um, and yeah, they show it here like, Oh, this is per guest per night. Like, yeah, if you're splitting mm. it with three other people, you know, it's going to cost you seven fifty just yourself per night. And I guess it is a two night experience. So, but still that's, that's 1600 bucks <laughs> just for yourself. Like, right. like again, I could have a pretty nice vacation, travel, see, see the world, certain parts of this plant, you know, this planet. And <laughs> I thought you were going to this planet. Like, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, with that said, it's a bummer. Um, you know, when's the last day? Did they say when they're closing officially? They did. It's I want it's in September. Uh, mm. I think like September 28th for some reason pops into my head is the last day, the last voyage. Anyway, I could be wrong mm. exactly, but it is in September. So yeah, no more star Wars galactic star cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. I, because I can't imagine that they can get something like that up and running again to try it again at some point. I mean, it just seems like it'd be a lot of effort for not knowing if it'll pay off. So I think this will be the end of that, <laughs> really. And it'll be interesting, too, like just knowing Disney World and how they can sometimes handle things that they close. Like I, w- I could see a situation where if they don't have plans to do anything with that space or anything for, anything for a while, it'll just sit there. Mm. until Mm. they have some use either out of repurposing it or tearing it down and building something else there. It it makes me curious how that'll play out. If it'll just get torn down immediately or if they'll let it sit and go, well, we'll just let it sit here. Maybe we'll find a way to use this some other way in in the future. Mm. Who knows? Could be. I'd imagine they'll repurpose it at some point for something. Maybe they can make it into extension of avatar experience at some point maybe not really in the right spot but no um, i imagine not but um so i there was a one thing that i was starting to realize well a couple things uh, but let me get to this first thing the month of june is coming up very quickly we're almost into it just in a couple weeks Mm mm-hmm are you aware of how many movies are coming out in June? Have you looked at that? I have not. <laughs> okay. I'll have to vamp a little bit, but I'm just kind of curious as to what your thoughts are. I know that that first week we have um, Into the Spider-Verse. And then I believe I the next week. Yeah. 
I believe the next week is going to be Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And then I want to say maybe the week after that is Elemental, I think. I think Elemental is, if that plays out, because I think Elemental is Father's Day weekend. That might be that same weekend or not. I can't I remember. think that's that weekend then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I believe the week after that, or maybe some of these are all coming together on the same weeks or whatever, but I know the other two movies released for that month, well, I think, <laughs> is we've got Flash. And then I want to say, doesn't Indiana Jones come out then? Or is that July? Am I pushing into July? Okay, so yeah, you you said Flash is June 16th. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Spider-Man's June 2nd. uh, Transformers? uh, Indiana Jones is June 30th. Yeah, so Um, there we go. And then Wes Anderson fans like like myself and apparently everyone now, uh, June twenty third. Um, I, I don't mean it sound like I don't want people to be Wes Anderson fans. <laughs> yeah, you sounded like the guy who who has a favorite band, and then everyone, everyone starts to find that favorite band. No, no, and that was actually that was a side note of something I was possibly going to bring up. I have no problem with all the attention Wes Anderson seems to be getting right now because of <laughs> social media, TikTok kind of stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, no, it's totally fine. Um. Uh. Yeah. Elementals June sixteenth as well. Same weekend as the Flash. Okay. Um, are tickets for the Flash on sale yet? No, I looked at that today actually. because uh, I was looking at the date to see if there was. I heard someone mention something about a early release fan thing or something. So I was like, "Ooh, I wonder if that's available to anyone, or is that one of those like, you know, if you sign up for this." go gobo or whatever and you get to free screenings kind of thing and yeah no it's it, all i see is june 16th still so I, I don't and it didn't say anything about uh tickets being on sale it just said uh sit uh, hit a reminder for when tickets go on sale kind okay. of thing. so yeah nothing yet yeah uh transformers rise of the beast is june 9th if i didn't say that already yeah so yeah, yeah. that's second so. weekend um I think that's basically that everything is, you mentioned, but that's no, that, a lot. Like that's yeah. I don't remember a month having that many things that crammed together. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that the studios are really going to be that happy uh, in regards to Box having that returns. many things. Yeah, that's like too much in, in in such a short span to really be able to maximize a lot of your box office because at least when you have a couple weeks between things, there's that buffer enough for one movie to have that first strong opening weekend and then a good second solid weekend. And then, okay, something new comes out sort of like guardians had basically it had two weekends and now this weekend will be uh, fast and furious 10. So it's like, okay, a little bit of breathing room there. But right. these other movies, it's kind of like, oh, there's like you're bumping up against each other. And they're all within that, I would say, crossover genre that most people would like to see each of those movies uh, of the same, pretty much the same um, age group range. Right. So I I do not know that these movies will maximize their box office in a way that they could have if some of these things were a little bit more spread out. So. 
I do you. All right. Question. Here's here's your question. All right. Which of these movies that we mentioned do you think will have the biggest box office overall uh, for that for when they come out? For the month of June. Two part, two part question. Who will have the biggest opening weekend and who will have the biggest, you know, <laughs> box office in general? Oh, man, I'm not good at this kind of thing. I, <laughs> I used to I'm be. <laughs> I remember back in the day when I lived in L.A., yeah. I used to play. I don't know if it still exists. The Hollywood Stock I Exchange. Yeah, I, I used to, to do it. that. I mean, I loved it. And I, I felt like I used to be good at this. And now I, I, I'm not good. I would be terrible at a like summer box office wager kind of thing. Mm. Um, okay, so first I'll start with biggest opening weekend in June. Who will have the biggest opening weekend? That's tough, man. Like, I feel like it's a, and uh, I'm, I know I'm dismissing Transformers, and I, I, but I really don't see Transformers being in that conversation. Um, I guess I really do look at the Flash, and I look at Indiana Jones, and I think I'd have to go with the Flash. I don't think I don't think Indiana Jones has the the following like it used to. You know, mm. um, there's a there's a much younger audience out there now who I think would, I think they'll be interested in it, but not not like us, basically. <laughs> right. Um, so I think the Flash would have the biggest opening weekend, and okay. and then overall, I think it might also have the biggest overall. Like, I mean, and I'm saying that based off of what we've heard about the Flash. You know, if it has feet, if it has legs based on word of mouth and it's because it's actually as good as we've heard it is, I think it's possible it has the biggest draw period. Now, you know, we're just getting word what today of the re- the initial reaction to Indiana Jones. I was yeah. quickly reading through tweets just before we started uh. this live stream. Um, so I haven't seen much, but I mean, the little bit I saw seemed pretty positive. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's amazing, and the word of mouth it just it blows everything out of the water. I don't know, but I I would go with the Flash for both. How about you? Uh, I mean, I I would say that's pretty accurate. I I think the the factor that it has going for it is that it's highly anticipated at this point, just because of whether it's the controversy or just the fact that this is sort of one of the last. DC of this DCEU era of movies coming out. Um, there's also, I think, the the Keaton factor, I would say. You know, mm-hmm. having Michael Keaton back and people knowing that he's in this movie will get old heads and some younger ones there as well. So I do think that that will probably have the, the bigger box office opening weekend. Um, like you said, it's sort of... I, I think that it might also end up having the biggest overall box office too, but I think it's mostly because, well, sure. One, because I think if the movie is as good as, as said as everyone's saying it is, it will just have those legs and whatnot, but also because of where it's coming out and, and the schedule, it's sort of towards the tail end of um, June mm. other than Andy coming out, after it but i don't think indie will have the same overall size of an audience 
in terms of people repeating as the flash will. And so I think the flash's legs can take it into July as opposed to some of the movies that are coming out earlier, because people will have seen it that opening weekend. And while they still might go and see it following weekends, they'll also be making time to go see those new movies that come out on those subsequent weekends. And so I think that those earlier movies won't be able to have quite the legs to extend uh, as Flash does coming out later on in the month. Yeah. And yeah, looking at things like Indiana Jones has a couple weekends to itself, Mm -hmm. but then it's right after that is mission impossible. And that will, I think easily take a huge hit to, to Indiana Jones. Ah, Mission Impossible. <laughs> we just got a new trailer. <laughs> we, we did. What'd you think? Did you watch it? I watched you it know, today. Okay. I finally watched it All today. Right. Among a couple other trailers, which I also enjoyed. Um, uh, it's It looks great. <laughs> yeah, it does. I can't it wait, does man. look like, great. It looks it, great. Especially now. I mean, it was the Mission Impossible franchise has already been good for quite a while now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think from, yep. it basically has always been good other than the second film. I mean, really. Mm. Uh, like, But, you know, I always look mm-hmm. at Mission Impossible 3 as kind of almost a reboot of that franchise sure. in a certain way. Um, Is that the J.J. Abrams Yeah, one? that was the J.J. Abrams yeah. one. Anyway, yeah. uh, so it's not like Mission Impossible is suddenly much better. It's, it's already been great, but then I, you know, mm-hmm. especially in this time now where we are kind of without a James Bond film and we really don't even know when James Bond is coming back. And I, and I'm saying that as someone who's a big James Bond fan fan, um, it's, it, it's nice to have this, like I watched that trailer and I was like, Oh my God, this, this feels like a James Bond movie, but just even just like turned up to a million, <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah. Like and it's funny because you know you've been I've been hearing a lot of this uh kind of talk lately about like uh when did the Fast and Furious franchise like almost kind of like jump the shark or when did it be when did it become just re- super ridiculous? Right. I've seen that kind of stuff on like TikTok and, and social media and, mm-hmm. and you know we got Fast X, you know, now out and and talking about that franchise, about like how ridiculous it's gotten. And in a lot of ways, Mission Impossible like feels like the in a way that it's it's the same in that it's like each movie is like, oh, what can we do next? What can we how can we make this even bigger than the last one, which was already ridiculously big? But of course, Mission Impossible, I think I think we can all agree, <laughs> does it in a way that even if it's not necessarily realistic, it it has a grounded like yeah uh, feeling to it that works when fast and the furious and i'm not i'm saying that and fast and the furious is fine i mean i think we all watch those movies now knowing this is insanity and it's just popcorn fun that you know i'm here for just a ridiculous kind of movie like that but so it's not fair to compare them but it's just a funny kind of similarity Mm -hmm. that i see between those two franchises in a weird kind of odd way anyway the trailer looks fantastic. I I can't yeah. wait for that movie. Yeah, and, and it is going to be another one after that. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's to me the difference, at least in in the way that I look at the two franchises. If you want to compare them, 
I look at Mission Impossible as on the edge of over the top action, sort of like how the Fast and the Furious does it. But to me, it's almost over the edge action with stakes and uh, Fast and the Furious over the edge or over the top action cartoon. Like it, it, I don't feel right. weight right. in terms of like I feel like any of these characters are going to die, and if they do, they'll bring them back in a couple movies, kind of thing. Right. So uh, I, I know I never feel like there's anything um, serious that's going to happen to any of them. Whereas, and I could be wrong, maybe something happens in this new one, but <clears throat> that's generally the feeling I get when I watch them. It's just it's a fun ride. It's a cartoon. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. But at some points, even though I know it's, it's like anything, the, they can still go over that point of where you're just willing to go with that ride in terms of how silly they get. Sometimes they go too far mm-hmm. and you're just like, nah, I, I, I can't go with this one. But and sometimes it's just enough before it really pushes it to that point where you're just over it. And whereas with the Vision films, they, they very much feel like you sort of said bond films, but um, raised up. And then also just, you don't know what's going to happen. And and there, there could be a character that could die that mm-hmm. would not, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them. So <clears throat> obviously this being part one, and we know that there's a part two uh, coming for the mission impossible movie, as much as we know that there's a part two coming for the fast 10 movie. <laughs> so uh, it's, yeah, or three. <laughs> so um, that's kind of how I look at it. And yeah, like you said, the the trailer was fantastic. It was just really got me put in the mood for it. And, and I just can't wait for it. And it's always an event movie when it's a Mission Impossible movie, knowing that there's at least one or two stunts that are going to be unbelievable. And you know that Tom Cruise did them. So that's right. always the thing to look forward to in, in those movies as well. Yeah. Yep, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm a, I'm excited. July, it's coming. Yeah. Which, by the way, really quick, we're I guess nine weeks. No, yeah. I was thinking the other day. We'll have to. I think it's the same weekend. I don't know if we're going to need to figure out the weekend we're in San Diego of what IMAX theater we can go to to see Oppenheimer. Mm. Yeah, I think Yasha might have that covered for us. I think he knows of one. All right, good. I think, but yeah. No, I, I I was thinking about that too. Actually, yeah. I, well, I was thinking about it last week. I was like, man, we're about nine weeks out from Comic Con. Nine weeks from now, we'll be in San Diego for. <laughs> it'll be here before you know it, because. <laughs> yeah, and I and, and one thing I, I do want to ask you in, in terms of uh, San Diego Comic Con. It's been a while since you've gone, for one, but. It's been a while, I think, since we've had a big kind of return to form form of everyone being there. Other than last year, we I, I think there was like a lot of Marvel stuff that was there, but there didn't seem like there was too much DC stuff. This year, I almost feel like it could be flipped and that we see a lot of DC stuff as opposed to Marvel stuff, unless they just fill out the rest of their phase six slate, which they hadn't done. We, we don't know some of the other movies in phase six, so they might announce stuff there, but this has got to be the first year personally where I'm more excited to see the DC panel than I am to see the Marvel panel. 
And um, yeah. I mean, what I, do you... I definitely would be saying that right now. And I, you know, for sure. you to also say that is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's something. Because I feel like we know <laughs> for a while what we're going to get with Marvel. Like I said, maybe they fill out the rest of that phase six slot, mm-hmm. but there's nothing particularly that I can think of off off the top of my head that they would announce that would get me excited for what Marvel is going to present at, at Comic Con. Assuming they show up, maybe right. they don't. But um, the, I know that the only two things that I know, I mean, there definitely could be some things I'm not even thinking of that they can announce, and I'd be like, oh yes, I can't wait. But the only two things I know for a fact that I want to see them announce um, would be Fantastic Four in the cast and X-Men. So those are the two things that I would hope and wish to see at San Diego Comic-Con this year for Marvel. But I don't know that we'll get that. I imagine we'll get at least the Fantastic Four thing. But, yeah, DC for me is like the, the, the exciting thing just because... James Gunn had mentioned he had not announced all of that first. What did they call them? Volumes, chapters. Uh, I forget what they're. Yeah, he's referring to them as books. I, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I don't think it's phases. It, it's something. No, it's not phases. Something else. But yeah, so I imagine he'll want to introduce the rest of that stuff there as well as his cast for. Superman Legacy. Yeah, I think if there's anything you can bet on, it's got to be that the cast for Superman Legacy will get announced. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's going to be exciting. I'm curious. I mean, I, I haven't been keeping up in a lot of detail, but I'm also... Uh-oh, but I don't am, say it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> don't jinx it. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Now I'm curious what you think I'm going to say. Um, no, like... I mean, how strikes will affect. Yes, like, that's what I what we, we could experience at San Diego. I mean, we already have a writer strike that's yeah. you know ongoing. But you know, if it sounds like uh, SAG AFTRA would indeed also yeah. strike, I mean, how do you bring cast members on stage? Right. You know, promoting movies when they're striking. I'm I'm sure you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. So <laughs> that that could be a, a big damper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying that and I'm I'm just happy to go to Comic-Con this year. Like sure. I mean, I think we can all agree our our times of spinning the night in line for all H are over, at least they are for me. Yeah. Um and uh I don't, you know, we don't have a press badge this year as far as I know. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> I probably will not be in Hall H for anything as anyway. Um mm-hmm. you know, unless there's some miracle that happens. So I, you know, it's going to still suck to not get big announcements or, you know, see, you know, whoever is going to play Superman walk on stage in Hall 8. So that'll be a bummer, but, um, I, I'm, I'm still pumped. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it's still going to be a fun event one way or the other. And even if their actors don't, aren't able to come. I think that somewhat happened this year uh, at the upfronts. I, I don't think that some of the actors were there for some of the things. Okay. And they still announced stuff. So I think that's what the kind of thing they would end up doing. If they can't get the actors to come out, they'll still announce the projects and maybe have like um, still images up of the, the actors and actresses portraying 
parts, mm-hmm. you know, just to say, and such and such will be playing Lois Lane and that kind of thing. So, right. But yeah, still will be a lot of fun. Still looking forward to it. Yeah. You're going to see a movie soon. You got, I don't know. I you, am. You probably should go, shouldn't you? Or Yeah, I got to get out of here. I got to yeah. go see this Fast 10 and see how it does. See how All it right. is. Take one Fingers for the team. Crossed. Go see it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, I'd still like what two at least two movies behind now. I think. I think you are. I yeah, think I'm two behind. I think this is three now. Which I'm not against watching them. I just mm. the move that, that franchise had kind of jumped the shark for me, and yeah, those the last two I was just like, yeah, I'm good. But you know, yeah, that's why it's only tracking at sixty million dollars for or this opening oh, weekend. Was that the case? Because I of, hadn't heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fallen off in terms of the the anticipation. I think it's because of the last one and everyone having that general feeling that it jumped the shark. So yeah. if it's good in terms of the audience, I think the the Rotten Tomato score right now is like fifty eight percent or something. So, but if the movie turns out to be good for audiences, it could still do well because um, I think that was. The the last movie was like fifty nine percent, and it still made I think around seven hundred million or something like that. So yeah. it could still do well, even if um, the audience or the critics didn't think it was that good. If the audiences come around to it and say, you know, this one was better than that last one, it, the word will get out there, and I think it'll it'll do all right for itself. Right. Well, yeah. Unless you have anything else, no. I, I think, think I'm good. Good. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear back. From everyone listening and watching, uh, you can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect. Uh, again, uh, we are streaming these uh, records live on Twitch. You can find us on Twitch over at flicker underscore effect. And we are also on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to us over there. It would be a big help. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash flicker effect. With that, I'm Dave Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya.